we're being really real here. Like, do I get a tampon or do I eat it? Like, that's just insane. Yeah. So people are requesting that the government make feminine hygiene products free. What are your thoughts on that? I agree. I think it should be considered a necessity. A necessity. It's a part of, you know, healthcare. And if they're going to be charging us, can we please fix the machines? They're never that refilled and they a... never work. Yeah, yeah. never. Yeah. never. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Period Sis, brought to you by none other than the official box owner. I'm your host, Mandy B, and I'm super excited because this episode is so long overdue. I am joined today by Lamanda, who is the founder of Flow Code Organization, which is located in Austin, Texas. And today we talk about Lamanda's journey with her menstrual cycle and how she overcame her very painful uh, period. So from cramps to throwing up to being one of those women that literally cannot seem to do anything uh, in the middle of her cycle. And we talk about what that journey was like with her and what led her to starting her nonprofit organization. And so learn more about Flow Code and, of course, another tale of womanhood for women by women. Bye, 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 bye. Hi, guys. Welcome to another episode of Period Sis. I'm super excited for this episode because it is long, long overdue, actually. Um, I am joined today with Lamanda, who is the founder of Flow Code Organization. And we're going to get into what uh, Flow Code is, what it stands for, how it helps the community. But before we get there, hi, Lamanda. Hello, Mandy B. What's going on? And I guess before, again, we get into Flow Code, which... If anyone listens to this show and hears that name, they kind of know where we're going with it. I want to start off with you sharing what your relationship is with your cycle, with your period, with your flow. Uh, what is that relationship? Yeah, I think just growing up, periods were so taboo. Um, I think I got my first period when I was 11 years old, so I was in the fifth grade. Same. And my mom literally like was like, go under the sink, grab a pad, and that's it. We never talked about what the period is. I, at a young age, got dysmenorrhea, but she didn't even know what it was. It was Wait, just you got you got dysmenorrhea. dysmenorrhea. So you get like really bad cramps to the point where you'll throw up. You you kind of like ball up. Like you, your body completely shuts down. And my mom didn't recognize that as, you know, something is wrong with my child. I may need to take her to the doctor. I may need to, you know, get her more medicine. It was just more like, oh, well, it's a part of your monthly. You'll be fine. You'll get over it. So it wasn't until I got older when I realized I got to take control of my own health and figure out what's going on down there. And it took for me to go to a doctor to realize that this is a condition that a lot of women have. A lot of women don't address, or if they do address it, they take a ton of um, medication. So it's always a ton of ibuprofen or naproxen pills. Or um, Motrin. Or Motrin, right, exactly. And it's to the point where that becomes um, their variant that they depend on to get through their periods. And I didn't want that to be me the rest of my life. Um, so I transitioned into more of natural remedies, more holistic remedies. Um, that's from taking DIM supplements every month, which have completely, I mean, got rid of my cramps. So I don't cramp anymore. I have lighter periods. I switched over to menstrual cups over the past three years. What What are DIM supplements? So supplements. It, what are those? So it's a natural supplement that um, I guess it's the amount of herbs that's in it that it basically heals the womb in my opinion it, it helps us to the point where 
Um, if you do have a condition like dysmenorrhea or fibroids or endometriosis, not to say that it's going to get rid of it, it's not guaranteed, but it will help um, subside some of those symptoms that you may experience. Oh, wow. And what's crazy is you said this is dysmenorrhea. Dysmenorrhea. In having, I guess, even this show, I I felt that painful um, or, or periods with a lot of cramps or, or any, any period that was painful, essentially, was something was wrong. Because essentially, it should just be your normal flow. It should be regular. It shouldn't be irregular. Um, and so did you get any further information regarding what dysmenorrhea is, how it, you know, how many women it affects or or I'm sorry, this is my first time hearing about this. So yeah. could you explain a little bit about what your doctor let you know when, when, when they diagnosed this? What type of tests were taken to actually diagnose you with dysmenorrhea? What was that like? Yeah, so with dysmenorrhea, it was more so just describing my symptoms to my doctor. Hey, my periods are so bad that I can't go to work for one or two days. Um, it's to the point where I don't eat. I may be laying on my bathroom floor, throwing up. Someone may have to come check on me. And this is every single month. It's a repeat action. Um, and so my doctor immediately recognized, okay, this is dysmenorrhea. Um, let me give you a prescription for, I think it was like 800 milligram ibuprofen. And to me, it was just like, that's not going to help me get past this condition. Like, I don't want right. to deal with this every month. And I also don't want to be taking medicine the rest of my life. Um, so that's when, um, hello, Nicole, I remember um, she wrote an article about DIM and how she also had a condition. I believe she also either experienced dysmenorrhea or was just a different type of painful periods. But she said, this has helped me completely with my periods. So I was like, well, let me try it out for 30 days. It can only, you know, get it can only get better or it cannot work at all. And I did. Right. And I've been taking it for two years. <laughs> oh, wow. So you're saying so and it's crazy because, again, this is how childish and uninformed and ignorant I was. I used to like when my friends wouldn't come to school because they were on their periods. I never understood that. And of course, as an adult, you can't use your period as a reason not to go into work. That's right. just realistically not going to happen. Do you have any other friends that you were able to talk to uh, about your your flow? Is this something that. Because you said your mom didn't really talk to you about it at all. When mm -hmm. did you start having the conversations with like your peers? I think it probably wasn't until I started Floco where everyone became more transparent with their periods. Where it's like, okay, Girl, I'm wait, gonna... when you was a, an adult, an adult, when you started an organization for periods, that and when I you was started talking to twenty seven. Other... Mm hmm. Shut up, Lamanda. It's the taboo behind it. You think about like we just have a monthly period and we never talk about what products to use. We never talk about what our conditions is like. We just know it's something we have to deal with. So what got you into using the menstrual cups and how have you felt that the menstrual cup has been a benefit to you outside of the normal menstrual products like a tampon, the pad, uh, mm -hmm. liners, do you still use those? Uh, right. Talk to me about what, what products do you use now? 
Yeah, so I switched over to the menstrual cups after I actually switched over to organic menstrual products at one time. Okay. And so it was okay, well, let me use natural tampons. I've never been really big into pads, but I was okay with the tampons, organic cotton. I'm okay with that. But then after about a year into that, I realized, um, no, I read an article and it was saying that even with organic tampons, you can still get TSS, which is um, toxic shock syndrome. And then you hear about women going to the hospital for TSS. And I'm like, well, dang, the whole point of me switching over to organic was to avoid that. So let me see what's an an alternative option. And so that's when I got introduced to the menstrual cups. And it was a company here in Austin um, that gave me a menstrual cup to try for free. And it was like, try this out. Let us know how you like it. If you love it, you know, Flowco can promote it. We'll send donations your your, your way and things like that. And so tried the menstrual cup, hated it because figuring out how to insert it is just... It's messy. It's literally, it's a lot. It takes a lot, but I had to educate myself. So I hopped on YouTube. There were some women who were like literally showing you how to insert a menstrual cup um, using fake fluids and things like that. But I was right. like, okay, well, let me try this. And I found a technique that works. So for me, pop one leg up in the shower, take a shower twice a day. You only got to deal with it twice a day, pour it down the drain and it works. And I've been using it ever since. Um, so I had to grow to love the menstrual cup. And so outside of the menstrual cup and the DIM supplements, Mm -hmm. is there anything else that you feel like you have added to your routine as an adult that has alleviated like your cramps, your pains, your your nausea, throwing up? Um, Was there anything else added to your monthly routine? I think outside of when I, I think when I started taking DIM for me, it was also a notion that I need to be taking a multivitamin every day. You know, they say we need black women, we need our vitamins. So let me take my vitamin D. I, I love Opti Women. It's a great multivitamin that a lot of, um, I noticed athletes and bodybuilders take. So I started taking that. And I think just by feeding my body uh, the supplements that they need that I may not get out of food, um, that change in itself helped with my periods. And then, of course, changing my diet. I don't really eat fried foods like that. Um, I don't really drink often unless I'm going out and I live in Texas, Austin, Texas. So I don't go out often anyway. So it's okay. Um, But yeah, just just changing my lifestyle in that regard really made a contribution to the way my periods have an impact on me. Now, y'all know I mess up words. I wanted to make sure I found out what D-I-M stood for. And y'all, it's a big old word. I don't know. <laughs> Dindolilmethane. Uh, so it's a compound created when you digest cruciferous vegetables such as broccoli or Brussels sprouts. So I wonder if maybe you just implement those into your meal as well. Uh, more, it would help. Um, but the D-I-M supplements have been gaining popularity as potential treatment for a variety of hormone-related conditions, um, including acne, uh, menopause symptoms, prostate issues, and also certain forms of cancer. Um, so I love that it's kind of a, a proactive supplement then to, to many things. So if, okay, you waited till you were 27, let's get into flow code. Let's get into <laughs> flow code because yes, you had painful periods. Um, I guess before getting into flow code, actually, Outside of YouTube, did you did you start any other training regarding the menstrual cycle and and periods and and any of that? Like, where did your knowledge and interests of research stem from before starting Flowcode? I think I have my mom to blame for that because she had this book called Body and Soul when I was younger, and I became like 
so interested into our reproductive health. Um, how does our body work? How does the uterus work? And so even if I wasn't having open discussions with friends about it, I'm always reading. I My friends will tell you, I'm the person who has random facts about our body. Why? Because I want to know. Like if something happens with my body and somebody needs a recommendation, hey, this worked for me and I have it for you. Um, so yeah, it was just random facts that I started off with that body and soul book from probably like 1990 something and just kept reading up from there and my nonprofit just kind of contributed to that because it's like okay this is what I know how can I continue to educate the community so let's talk about flow code I didn't want to give too much in the beginning so explain uh what flow code does when it started um and who it helps yeah essentially yeah, so Flowcode is a 501c3 nonprofit organization uh, here in Austin, Texas. And what we do is we provide free access to menstrual products to those underserved in Texas. Um, and that includes Central Texas, that includes Denton, Texas, and we also have a chapter in Houston, Texas. Um, and we also make sure that we're educating our community. So we're really big on inviting doctors out to our service events that we'll host every quarter. Uh, we'll invite um, local companies who may make menstrual products, um, whether there's, um, I mean, there's literally all types of business. We've had a company that uh, create they create menstrual cups. And so they came out and educated the crowd on how to utilize a menstrual cup. And if they made a purchase, they donated one back to Flowcode. So we just do different things like that at our service events. And then we have the advocacy aspect of our organization. So we work with local politicians here in Texas to see how we can move forward with waiving the, the tampon tax. Because I know everyone's big on waving the, the tampon tax, right? It, it, but everyone's big, big on, that. on it. It's, it's weird because it's a it seems like it's a topic of conversation, mm-hmm. but it's also so weird because you have so many states that are almost reverting back in time with even the abortion laws and and really things that would benefit women oh, yeah. taking taking control of their bodies and something like the tampon tax. Um, mm-hmm. I believe Ger- Germany or somewhere in the UK did just get rid of it. Mm-hmm. Um but basically, uh, guys, if you listen to the episode with Chelsea, we talked about what the tampon tax was. And it's crazy because things like Viagra don't have a tax on it, yeah. which, of course, Viagra is something to help men with uh, erectile, erectile dysfunction. Um, but something like tampons, which are pretty much a, a necessity for women after, I would say, anywhere from 8 to 10 years old, moving on well into their late 40s early 50s this is something that is necessary and there is still a tax on it so what are those like for you and how are you advocating to remove this tampon tax with flow code yeah and it's a huge emphasis on it's a medical necessity it's not just something that That we need this is a medical necessity um and so for flow code it's like yeah we want to be on the global scale for waiving this tampon tax but for our organization we try to see what can we do in our own community So we're working with local politicians like Donna Howard, who just reintroduced a new bill for House Bill 321, which will not only waive the uh, sales taxes on tampons, but also diapers and things that are a medical necessity all around for um, women and children in need. So um, we work just hand in hand. We uh, collaborate with Texas Menstrual Coalition, 
which they're an organization that are also at the forefront with this House bill that um, we're collaborating with. And then we're trying to see if we can't get House Bill 321 waived um, or passed in Texas, can we at the very least get the taxes waived in our own community? So what can we do in Austin, Texas? What can we do in Central Texas? Um, so if by us just collaborating with those local politicians, it just allows our organization to um, make the conversation just keep happening. Like they, they're going to reject bills every year. Okay. They reject right. the House Bill 311 last year. Okay. Come back with a new one. Like it's not going to stop us from not only having the conversations, but making sure that we're bringing it to these politicians um, attention. If we voted for you, we want you to sit here and do what we need you to do. And that's make sure that you're advocating for the women and children in our community. One of the things I really like about Flowcode as well is you focus on your donations going to underserved communities. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about why the emphasis is there and what underserved communities you reference when you say that and, and who is really in need of, of these menstrual products? Oh, yeah. Like just that particular aspect of our organization brings me back to when I grew up where I grew up in Section 8 housing. So I'm, I'm from the hood hood. Like I grew up, we Same didn't have sense. access <laughs> We didn't have access to these things. And so um, one of the first major partnerships I made sure my organization had was with communities and schools. Um, and so awesome. through communities and schools, we service over 77 schools in Central Texas. So those are Title I schools. Those are schools who are very low income. They get, you know, state funding whenever it's provided to them, um, but they depend heavily on flow code donations. And so just by us donating pads and tampons to them, they not only go to the schools and the bathrooms, but they're taking those products home with them. Um, and so that was that was just major to me. That was just like, I, I, uh-huh. I wanted to ask you a question uh, and, and let me know if you accept these, if these are handed out, your thoughts on them. Me and my friend were just out uh, eating dinner. And yes, I talk about periods at dinner. Jesus, I don't know how, but we were talking about uh, the tampons that come in cardboard mm-hmm. and basically, you know, where we've gone as far as from the, the very beginning of time we actually couldn't understand why that was even still an option because now the thoughts of all of these organic uh, pads and tampons and things that are coming out and the focus on what is actually being put down there, has there been any conversation regarding the goddamn tampons that the applicator is even like cardboard? Like, I I, I don't know. I, I know it's fairly less expensive than Mm -hmm. the the pearl and the plastic applicators and all of that. But is there any pushback to get those off of the market at all? Like what? I I don't know. (laughs) Why not? Is that, that can't be good. Listen, let's take a minute and talk about cardboard (laughs) tampons. My vagina are against it. And like you try, I remember I tried to put, Pull, pull it out. A tampon in. Oh. I tried to insert it, and it, it was like sandpaper against my vaginal wall. Listen, <laughs> that cardboard and that cotton they put on that cardboard tampon. I don't care how wet. I don't care how much flow. I don't care what happened. That shit still comes out like a tug of war, and I be losing. I be like, I, my leg is all the way up to my goddamn ear trying to get that thing out. That thing out, right? And you, and you like bracing yourself because you know you. It's gonna plop. It's like it's like a it's like a. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> Tampons are terrible. Oh. Um, 
Um, I think the cardboard is good for the environment, right? So all right. Right, like, like drinking it, out the straws that melt. Right. The straws melt in, in in my water. Do you not think it's not gonna melt in my wet ass pussy? Yeah. Like I don't know, <laughs> I, and I I just can't fathom. Cardboard is what recyclable material of some sort that was somewhere in the world, and now I'm shoving it up into yes. my twat. Yeah. Yes. That was just one thing we really were having a conversation about, and I just. Okay, and you laughed when I said get rid of it. Okay, so I, but clearly, but because listen, that's not the worst of it. Like I wait, okay. what's the worst of it? Because we live in Austin and we have a lot of people who are very environmental friendly, and I had to learn this early on in my organization. So a lot of our a lot of our tampons we got in the beginning had no applicator. That means you have to use your finger to push them up, and they wanted us to donate that to the homeless community. They wanted us to donate that to students in school, and I still have those same donations from back in two thousand and seventeen because I just can't i don't like have any no applicator no applicator they so want it's you to just packaged in plastic mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's just yeah it's just packaged in plastic um usually tightly wrapped pa- plastic and you just use your finger which is not a bad option it's viable i, I was gonna say because don't you technically use your finger for the cup mm-hmm. so what would what is there a difference then between because you won't give them out uh the the tampons, but you do use your finger to insert the cup. So where where do you find the difference in those two? Okay, so I have access to water. I have access to I have resources, right? Okay. I, I can't imagine handing a homeless woman a menstrual cup and saying, Hey, um, the people in the community feel like you should use this versus pads or tampons because it's more environmental friendly. Knowing that that person may not see a bathroom for days, oh. you know? So I, I try to be mindful of things like that. And when it comes to students in school, they're missing that educational aspect of it. So who's educating them on menstrual health, right? No one. No, no one. We talked about that as well. There's, there's no conversations about literally the care the, the care of our vagina no. from what should be put down there what shouldn't i mean even having a conversation uh shout out to the ladies uh, over at condition her the idea that some of us washed our pubic hair with shampoo growing up at some point mm. and the soaps that we put down there and i mean even now learning all of these menstrual products and the toxins that are uh, in the, the very popular ones, the mainstream yeah. ones, the ones that you're going to find on the shelves of your drugstore and grocery store yeah. um, that are more accessible because no one even knows about all of the organic options that necessarily are out there. Right. So you guys get all sorts of, of donations are there any brands or products that you won't accept or that you would turn away because of any research you found about them or, or anything of that nature outside of the ones that you have to like the OBs? Yeah, um, that's what yeah, that's what they're called. Uh, but we don't turn down donations unless they're open. Right. Because we're of course. Yeah, we were receptive to everything. Um, but how they get distributed is, is just completely different. So. Yeah, we hold on to all the OBs, but there may be an organization who's requesting them. So, yeah, we may not send them to the schools. We may not send them to the homeless people, but maybe the domestic violence shelters are asking for them. It's like, hey, you know, we have women here who are environmental friendly. So, um, yeah, we just try to, like, just be mindful of how we pass out (laughs) donations. Bless you. Sorry. You're fine. Thank you. you. (laughs) Thank you. 
We just try to be mindful. Um, and then we also ask too, like, hey, what are your needs here? Um, before we bring you donations, what is it that you need on your end? So we can make sure we not only request it from the community, but we're also uh, providing them on a monthly basis. I really like that. And um, I'm also glad we were able to work together uh, yes. before in the past. Yes. Uh, so Flow Code joined us for a Horrible Decisions live show. This was now maybe two years ago yes. uh, in Houston, Texas. And it was really great because a lot of our audience came up and showed out uh, definitely with the donations. But I love where they're going, what you're doing with the organization. I guess what are the next steps? for you personally uh, with your journey, with your menstrual cycle? And then what is as well uh, the next step for flow code and what you want to do? Yeah. Um, so when it comes to my menstrual cycle, I'm all about sharing. Sharing is caring. It is. Um, so I intend on in the future, I don't know if it'll be on my own personal channels or creating another aspect of Floco, but I want the educational aspect to be shared, whether that's via social media, um, whether that's via IGTV, just whatever that looks like um, to the point where people understand that we can also be another resource for them. So for me, my future goals of my cycle also includes my nonprofit just because it's right. that's just my baby that, that's always going to be my baby um but it also requires for me to just to have these conversations with my friends because sometimes i'll get text messages like damn this month my cramps are really really bad and it's like girl hold on like i feel like we got a natural remedy for you let's try some raspberry leaf tea let's try to order you some dim let's see what's going to work over the next month so that way okay we can... wait raspberry leaf tea that's yes. another oh yeah that's talk, another talk whole... to me Look, oh yeah girl if, if you don't talk <laughs> if you don't talk you can't just throw out these tips and not talk about it so yes so raspberry leaf, leaf tea, tea is another which, which by the way i'm not gonna I, i'm not sure if it's raspberry leaf um, but if you're listening to this episode, the next box does contain a tea that helps with uh, menstrual cramps. So oh it God may Lord. be what, what is what is raspberry leaf tea? Where can you buy it? What do you know of the benefits and why? Why does that that specific tea? Because, girl, I'm drinking throat coat. Yes. And I don't <laughs> think this will help me with uh, cramps. Uh, so so what what are you what was your research in raspberry leaf tea? Raspberry leaf tea, it is said that the herbs in it, um, it helps with menstrual cramps. And so I tried it for a week, you know, prior to my period, a couple of days leading up to my period and then a day of just to see like what that help alleviate the pain in it. And that was another viable option. But you have to be committed to drinking the tea. Um, my favorite is it, brand. Is it not good? I'm, so I'm not big on sweetening my teas. I don't use okay. honey. I don't use anything in it. So by itself, it's it's one of those. It's a whole bunch of honey yeah. in this, baby. <laughs> it's, it's one of those. So it, it is not, um, it's very earthy, I can say. It's an earthy tea. Okay. Um, but yeah, that's another option. I prefer the, tradi- I think it's called traditional medicine uh, brand or traditional, me- traditional something. But I get it from Target. Okay. Um, but it's another brand of tea there. It's, it's a great brand. Um, and DIM, is that prescribed or is that something you mm-hmm. also get over the counter? Yeah, that's something you can get over the counter. I buy mine um, off of Amazon, but specifically from a company called Smoky Mountains, I believe. Um, that's the same brand I've been buying the last two years. And this, this episode is not brought to you by Smoky no, Mountains. But... it is not. <laughs> okay, so you just get your supplements then on Amazon and it and it comes to you and is it like a 30 day supply? How often mm-hmm. should someone take the DIM? Uh, um, or how, 
we are not doctors. So how no. often do you take DIA? There we go. There, there we, go. we go. Let's go ahead and <laughs> clean this up a little bit. Before right. We're like, y'all is not doctors. Don't be telling people what to right. do. Y'all, we are just talking this through yeah. as most women should. I, I, exactly. I really like. I, I really like this conversation and it is something that I've been having. Of course, all my friends come to me with their sex advice, but really lately it's been a lot more with the feminine hygiene. So yeah. how often do you use DIM and when do you use it? Yeah. So for me, what has worked for me, emphasis there, um, I take DIM every morning. I drink okay. a, cu a cup of green tea and then I'll take my vitamins right after um, and mix my DIM in there. And that I've been doing that for the past two years. Where can our listeners follow you and how can they get involved with flow code? Is it something only local to Austin and Texas, uh, Austin and the Houston area, or can people be involved to live in other States and how can they be involved? Yeah. So we are centralized to Texas as far as the advocacy work that we do, but we do have ambassadors all over the country. Um, so we've started expanding. We have an ambassador now in DC. We have one in North Carolina, awesome. um, in Oklahoma. So if you want to get in touch with flow code, you can either follow us on social media at flow code X O that's F L O C O D E X O. Um, or you can contact me directly. My uh, social media is Lamanda MB. That's L A M A N D A M B on literally every platform. Um, and yeah, we'll, we can make something work. But we love having people get involved, whether that's from doing donation drives with us, uh, business partnerships where we may promote your business. And sometimes people donate a portion of the proceeds to our organization. It's just all different avenues where they can get involved. So yeah, just reach out and let us know. That is awesome. And guys, all of that information is going to be in the description of this episode. Lamanda, I'm glad we finally got to talk, girl. Finally, because we've been Jeez. going through it. You know, <laughs> y'all know, y'all know she was stuck without no electricity and stuff through the snowstorm and everything. Then she done fell on some, I don't know, what was some ice? I, I done slid down some stairs. I dislocated my yeah. shoulder, but we back in good health. Yeah, look, you look, you look like you are just ready to take over the world now. You know, back to work. <laughs> All right. Well, guys, make sure you guys uh, check all of the links in the description of this episode if you want to learn more about Flow Code. And also stay tuned for some stats and facts. Lamanda gave me a whole lot of little uh, things to look up so that I can share more with you guys after this episode. So thank you so much, Lamanda, for joining me. Thank you for having me. Bye. Bye. be developing a system to help women that need assistance yeah so that i think that that's something that we need to you know seriously yeah. talk about and ask and have it help really hope that you guys enjoyed this week's guest lamanda and again don't forget to check out the description of this episode to see how you can be involved with flow code but as always i want to leave off with some stats and facts um, I wanted to bring it back to dysmenorrhea because this may be uh, literally the answer to a lot of women. Uh, primary dysmenorrhea is actually caused by the elevated production of prostaglandins, hormones produced by the uterus that cause it to contract. When you have strong uterine contractions, the blood supply to the uterus is momentarily shut down, depriving the uterus muscle of the uterus muscle of oxygen and setting up the cycle of menstrual cramps and pain. Um, 
According to Mayo Clinic, certain conditions such as endometriosis, which was also mentioned in this episode, and pelvic inflammatory disease are also associated with menstrual cramps. I think it's very important, again, to advocate to yourself at the doctor. And I love that she said, I wasn't just going to be medicated for the rest of my life. Uh, 800 milligram ibuprofen is insane. Um, And I know so many women that don't just want to take pain meds or antibiotics. I mean, shit, we know that that throws off our pH. So definitely look in to the supplements that Lamanda suggested in this week's episode. Please also make sure that you consult with your doctor first. We are not professionals. We are not experts. We are not doctors. We are just women literally learning ourselves since no one thought that we should be educated um, at all from our parents to the education, you know, the school system that failed us. But Again, those were DIM supplements. Um, And also look into that raspberry leaf tea. Again, I don't know how good it's going to taste, but I love that so many women are looking into natural remedies uh, because those have been here since the beginning of time. So I really hope that you guys enjoyed this week's episode. Make sure to join us every Monday here. Also, don't forget, subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts and follow us on social media, on Instagram at officialboxowner, on Twitter at oboxowner, and follow me, your host, Mandy, everywhere on social media at Full Core Pumps. Also, don't forget to sign up to our mailing list, honey. We are dropping, okay? Our very own, okay, official box owner uh, supplements ourselves, and I'm so very excited. We are doing Bork Acid Suppositories, and we are also about to launch our very own Apple Cider Vinegar Gummies, which are amazing because they're all gummy without the taste. You don't have to worry about that nasty teaspoon of apple cider vinegar that I know so many of us have been taking. Uh, They do have the mother in them. If y'all are looking for the mother, Uh, but I'm super excited. But Make sure you join our mailing list. Again, that's at officialboxowner.com and you'll be notified as soon as those launch. So thank you guys. Thank you all box owners for joining in and tuning in to yet another episode of Period Sis. That's all. Until next week. Bye guys.